friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I am your host, Josh Griffey, joined tonight uh, for a very special double feature by friend and returning co-host champion, uh, Carmelita Valdez McCoy. Hello. See, I got it this time. You did. Prepared. I prepared. I got it. I was like, I'm not going to butcher the name again. <laughs> not a one of them. <laughs> there, I mean, there's a lot of letters. It's a lot of names. So it's I send you, my friend. That's what I mean. You can only learn from your mistakes. That's what I'm here to prove every episode. <laughs> Guys, if you like the show, please take a second. Leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show, especially on Apple Podcast app. That helps us, you know, fit their algorithm, the machine overlords and all that good stuff. Uh, find us on social media. Suggest movies you'd like to see us cover. If you want to see something like today with a special feature, hit us up with those, man. We appreciate that a lot. Uh, and you can find us on YouTube so you can see our faces. Uh, we started doing some new content, some trailer reactions and such. Uh, a lot of really cool trailers coming out, so that's been a fun experience. So find us there. That's the Nerd Alchemist, plural, with an S at the end. But enough of that. Uh, Carmelita was nice enough to volunteer, actually, because I... I was combing through uh, Shudder and uh, new horror movies, as I do, and there are these two little gems, and I was like, man, I can't believe these aren't getting more more noise, right? Like, more people should be talking about how good these two movies are. The movies being uh, Loose and Bliss. Both are on Shudder now. I had actually paid for Bliss like two weeks before it get, came to Shudder. I was very sad about that. <laughs> Shudder always does that. As soon as I pay to rent a movie... It immediately will appear on Shutter, but that's fine. I like supporting the community. But um, I just saw these movies and I was like, "There's definitely a thread between these two that I like. They're so fucking good." And we live in this golden era of horror movies, where just these amazing small horror movies are dropping all the time, and they just sometimes get buried on apps. And I was like, "If I can do my part, man, I would love to talk about these." You were kind enough to jump into the fray. Oh, and I'm so glad that I did. <laughs> I don't know how long it would have taken me to find these. Yeah. So that's the problem with the streaming yeah. wars, right? It's like, there's just so much to watch all the time and I don't even watch TV shows. Right. So I never binge like a 10 to 13 episode, anything. But if I did, I'm like, how would you ever find movies? <laughs> like how would yeah, you ever Yeah, I mean, find there's just so many access is just so yeah. wide open now. Mm -hmm. I follow film alchemist on Twitter. <sighs> well, that's course. the best way. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, you, Phil Malcolm has posted about these two films and I was just like, oh, well, I got to check those out. And I'm so glad I did. And I, after watching yeah. them was like, oh, I would love to talk to Josh about these. They're, they're both just stunning, right? Because what I'm yeah. captured by both is they're kind of small, small budget, you know, perfectly indie flicks, right? But there's just a lot of power and mastery in the directing. Like we are truly in a golden era of horror storytelling. And I think these are great. I was going to propose to you. I think you could call this the girl interrupted double feature. Yeah. <laughs> right? I was trying to think. I'm like, what is the title for this double feature? I think you would call it girls interrupted. Yeah. Like just ladies going about their lives, you know, doing different degrees of goodness. And then, you know, it just hits the fan. And then the demon possession. <laughs> Yeah, so we got demons and kind of vampires. Kind we'll of. get to that. But yeah, so first off, we thought we'd tackle loose, right? Because this, for people who listen to the show, this is such a perfectly crafted Josh Griffey movie, right? Uh, it's demon possession, which is my favorite subgenre of horror. It's art house. It's foreign. Uh, it's just weird man nudity and, 
you know, staging in a conference room. It's all these things that immediately I'm like, this isn't fair. It's almost as if someone got the algorithm specifically targeted at me. Um, I would be fascinated. What is your initial takeaway after having seen this film? Oh, my God. I love it. Right? I love, <laughs> I love the feel of it. I love it's they do a great job of showing, not telling. Right. In a movie where they almost never are showing you where the thing actually happened, right? A lot of it is like an interrogation. Yeah. But it still feels impressively cinematic for the staging of it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and it Yeah. They don't need a lot of gimmicks and there isn't CGI. But it's it really comes through in the performances. It really comes through in the way it's shot and edited. You get mm. the music is great. It just builds this. It builds this world. And it oh, it's just so good. Yeah. Well, we were looking. I was actually pissed because I got on IMDb. Right. So I was like, I need to know more info. This has a five point six out of ten. I think that's insulting. It's fucking insulting that this movie. Yeah, that is low for this movie. But uh, the director, Tillman Singer, right? We looked it up. Only one other real directing credit. He did a short film. (laughs) This is really long. The Incident at Mr. Yamamoto's Alpine Residence, I think is what it's called. Uh, But I was struck by I mean, this movie is a tight, what, 72 minutes, Mm -hmm. including credits. And the opening scene feels like it lasts five minutes of just watching her get a soda, right? Yeah. So... There's a lot of time or a lot of story condensed and a lot of emotion condensed into a really short package, right? Yes. But I think that's what I was most struck by. And I, it was so impressive that I forgive it something I despise, which is I just watched another movie that did this too. It's called The Devil's Doorway. It was on Hulu. Really good indie movie, right, about these priests that go to a, a nunnery, a convent, right, mm. whatever they're called. And there's a girl who's locked in the basement who thinks she's pregnant, but no dudes can get in. It's, you know, a demon thing, right? But they do this thing where they want it to look older. So they add that editing filter where it just adds like, you know, distortions and whatever. And Luz does this or Luz. I keep saying Luz. Luz does this. And it, it bothers me. It fucking bothers me when they're like, we just want it to look older. So we'll add this after the fact. But this one's so good. You're like, all right, I'll fucking forget that. Right? Like I, I will overlook that you keep doing this to me. Because the thing that struck me immediately is how masterfully the director is able to pull a shot out. Like, these are long takes Mm -hmm. that feel long, right? Like, you're sitting in it, and it feels long, but never too long. It always feels just right. The ebb and flow of the timing of these long takes, I I mean, I was captivated by it immediately. No, I couldn't agree more. It's... When I got to the end of the film and I was like, I don't know how they they gave me the feeling of this full, complete story. Mm -hmm. And you do. You have these moments that draw out. Right. It's never I'm not bored. I'm not looking at my watch. It's conveying everything that the director wants to convey, everything that the performers want to convey. Mm -hmm. And it just it feels right. It feels complete. I, that's what I mean. It always, every time they cut, it's it's one of those old cliches too, right? It's if you notice editing or sound, then it's done poorly, mm-hmm. right? That's always the theory. It's like it should be this invisible hand, right? Just don't notice the sound or the editing. This one felt different to me. Every cut, 
it was almost as if someone is like, like you were getting a whiff of a delightful, you know, like cinnamon bun coming out of the oven. You're like, oh my God, what a perfectly timed and executed cut. It's such a weird thing buns. that it's, I know, right? And this is what this movie <laughs> did to me constantly. Sorry, you can see my dog walking around the back. It's not a ghost. It's okay. Uh, but that's what I, I found so crazy. Cause you were, you were saying this earlier, right? Is that you didn't feel like this was a, you know, tell me, not show me movie. That's essentially what the first 30 minutes of the film feels like, right? Mm-hmm. Is this girl in a bar talking to the doctor about something that happened at this Catholic school, school in Chile, right? But it, it, it never sinks to that point where it feels like you're just watching someone tell you about it. The way they, they manage to do perfect intercutting and the tension building. And again, I think a lot of that's the music too. The music is phenomenally good at building the tension, but not overpowering what's happening, right? Because it feels like it should be too much, the music, but it never was. But yeah, essentially, it's just this lady at a bar seducing a doctor and telling her this really long story. And that feels like it's about 20 minutes of the movie. What I really appreciate about it, too, is that they're telling. She's telling him this story. But there's all these little subtle things that tell you more outside of what she's saying. Right, right. Like you're reading the body language as she's speaking. And I started to get that sense that this is not a normal seduction. Right. This is not just an attractive woman talking to a man at a bar. Like there's a demonic pull. Like (laughs) you start to feel it. Like she, like her powers of persuasion are ramped up to 11. It's more than just your average bar pickup scenario. And there's, there's a point in that conversation where, where she kind of, it's very, it's, it doesn't linger on it. It's very subtle, but it was, it was the first moment where I realized, is this the demon talking? Okay. Now that's fascinating. Cause I got that. This was the second time I had seen it. Right. Mm-hmm. And there are these key words in the, uh, the dialogue that lets you know, she's like, I was summoned here. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I was left in the chapel. Well, it's not until later in the movie, you find out, that the pregnant girl was actually a classmate of her and uh, Luz's. Right. Or Luz's. <laughs> God damn it, I'm never going to get it this whole episode. <laughs> uh, named Margarita. So this girl, who we think is telling us a story about what a classmate did to her, is not her. And you're like, oh, fuck, there's something else that's yeah. now within her. And that is really well done in this movie. But it's like you said, they give her all these little... She's constantly in motion. It felt very predatory to me. Yes. And not in, like, not in a sense of, you know sexually predatory like actually you're in danger like get the fuck out of here yeah and she the actress is just brilliant with her her fucking powerful body language and her eyes she has like these huge like bride of frankenstein eyes right like just massive i will steal your soul through my eyes and again it's that you know oh i'll eat a celery we'll throw a stick we'll we'll do some bumps you know leaning in and the way she ordered the drink from the bartender even getting right in his ear it gave it this conspiratorial feel. You're like, who's this bartender now? The whole thing is is scary. I mean, that's just the best word for it. It's in a scene where essentially it's just two people sitting on a bar stool, which indie movies get killed for all the time because that's what's easiest and cheapest to film. 
they get a lot out of that. It is a very scary moment. Yeah, it is. And I, it's like the most depressing bar. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like a home and gardens TV, like redone kitchen. It does. But I noticed this about, I mean, really most of the film, it's like, it's so sparsely populated. There's so few right. characters. There's all this loneliness and isolation, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, it's the perfect, it's the perfect place for a demon to show up, right? When you're most right. vulnerable, when you're alone. And that bar scene, it's like she's whispering to the bartender and you're like, what is with this whispering? And it's, the doctor is just so isolated. Yeah. And she's so aggressive and not in like the, like you mentioned, not in the sexy way. There's just, there's something about it that's dangerous. Yeah. And it feels like, it feels like he's about to actually get eaten. Right? Mm-hmm. Like it feels like it's going to turn into that movie. And that's what it's just this. They, they give us the information we need, right? There was a Catholic school, a bunch of girls got sick and they thought that uh, loose had something to do with it, but they don't know. There's a girl who thought she was pregnant and Luce was her friend and Luce was a possible medium, right? We see her reading some kind of book that looks not religious in nature or at least not Catholic in nature. And then she puts her in a circle of salt and she does her her prayer that she does a bunch of times, right? Which is just fair. I actually have it written down. I'll have to look it up in a minute. But uh, it's it's a wild sequence of events right and then they talk about the girl probably killed herself so the information they're giving us is interesting but you can't just have a character spilling that out for 10 minutes right so that's what i thought was impressive and then it kicks up a notch by the time we go to the bathroom right so this is when we see uh now the girl's bleeding out of the back of her head uh, there's this weird handshake into like a Rammstein video. <laughs> yeah, it's like she loosened his soul, you know, like she kind of like no, right? Shook Step him out loose. of it. It's oh man, yeah, it's really yeah, it's it was, intense. It's but that's what uh, the this is what the movie does so well is you're constantly uncomfortable, and it's really hard for mo- a lot of movies. Right, I write horror movies. We watch and review a lot of horror movies. It's the hardest thing to do is how do you make something really scary to an audience, right? Some movies go the way of like, we'll just do loud sounds and something will jump out. Some go the way of like, here's all this carnage, right? Like, of course, you'll be repulsed by someone's guts getting ripped out, right? This, to me, is always the most scary way to do a movie, which it's you just are afraid because of the movie being on your TV. You don't know what you're afraid of. You're just afraid the whole movie. And it's something, and this it gets back to this kind of primordial human thing, right? I think we all always feel like there's something coming to eat us, right? That's why we're afraid of the dark. There's something out there. And this movie captures it perfectly. And and I think that's what makes the second part work, is that they spend all this time earning the trust of the audience that they create this amazing atmosphere that then when it gets into the performance art possession ending, it just works because you so trust what is happening in the movie. Because I mean, immediately he walks in, you're just like, wait, do the police often page hypnotist? You know what I like? Is he a doctor? Because when he hypnotizes uh, Luce with her own curse, mm-hmm. in a way, summoning her into his fucking world, uh, no one thinks that's weird. 
So Everybody, like, everybody's pretty on board. <laughs> <laughs> I will say one of my favorite characters is the interpreter. Uh, the sound guy. Yeah. The sound guy. <laughs> because he, he, he is all of us. Yeah. In that he's picking up the vibe that man, something is not right here. Yeah. He, he catches on to that a lot faster than Bertillon, the, the, uh, detective. Yeah, the detective. Yeah. Well, she's just uh, hard and she's like, I'm here to solve a case. I got to right. clear this and solve another one. Let's go. But what he does, the part that I love is that a guy who works in that field, right? Bertillon, the detective just has that kind of like, I see bad stuff all the time. Like, let's get mm-hmm. on with it. He still has this really human ability to be shocked. Yeah. And when she says her prayer, he's like, she already said it before. I don't want to repeat it again. That's his fucking job. But him saying, I won't repeat the curse again. It's just one of those really small things because he could have just said it again. Right. We could have just focused on uh, Luce and the doctor saying it again. It's, you know, perfect horror movie, uh, anti-religious babble. But when you cut away to him, like, I don't want to fucking say that. I can't repeat it. It's this brilliant little extra move to make us the audience feel like we're hearing something extra nefarious you know, that oh, we've yeah. already heard before right because yeah i have it here right our father why why art thou such a dick <laughs> it does feel like it was written by an angry teenager yeah uh you see a girl and reveal your true self that kingdom stinks Thy will be done in the crotch of an old grandpa let us today go fuck the son of mary <laughs> yeah so it's hardcore. Uh, I was actually going to ask you about that. What do you yeah. think fucking happened with Margarita? Because I feel like it's the great mystery of the movie that they don't, they never all the way answer it. And I don't think they should perhaps. Because mm-hmm. I think we have enough pieces, right? This is a Catholic school. You see the nuns test lose at one point for her dress length. So there is kind of this shaming of the young uh, woman coming into her sexual body. I think what happens probably, right, is Margarita gets assaulted by a priest or someone who works there or even maybe the janitor. That's kind of the only male figure we hear about at the school. What do you think happened to Margarita? So they have that one scene where in kind of this montage, it's it's in around the same time that you see the scene where they're checking Luce's skirt length. Right. They cut to a scene of Luce reading on her lower bunk, and you can hear right. someone having sex on the top bunk. Um, oh, so is I that th- what that was? Okay. Yes. So yeah. I think Margarita just snuck a boy into the school. She just was getting laid normally. Yeah. Right, and then made to feel ashamed for it, afraid of the consequence. Because mm-hmm. uh, that was the question I had, because the demon kept saying supposedly pregnant. Yeah. Right. So it gives you this hint of she probably wasn't pregnant, but perhaps had been kind of sheltered, cloistered, as it were, mm-hmm. away from any information. So maybe just this shame overtook her. It was kind of because, yeah, the whole thing at the school, right, is there is this. Luce seemingly has some kind of supernatural ability, whatever that may be. Right. There's that line she keeps saying. Uh, what I don't like about her is if you say she smells fish, she smells the fish. Right. This kind of attacking a fellow student for being a sheep of the mm-hmm. church, right? <laughs> uh, and so that in its own is not necessarily supernatural, right? The the demon girl 
tells us that they, you know, they scrubbed it for germs and infections and there was none. Well, maybe not. So you can see how this kind of like rumor mill starts up, right? But that's the, they tie the sickness and then Margarita's pregnancy. And then she says the nuns claim Margarita kills herself. Uh, I didn't know about that. Do you think Margarita killed herself also? No. See, I didn't either. This is what I the think happened. Said, the, the demon says the nuns say she did that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we saw. Right. Going back to the bathroom. Because the bathroom scene where the demon leaves Nora, the seductress in the in the black dress. Mm-hmm. When the demon is transferred over. Which, by the way, I love the visual of that. The light coming from one mouth to the right. next. It's gorgeous. Once the demon transferred over, Nora's body is limp. She's dead. Right, I right. think the demon entered Margarita in the circle. Mm-hmm. Was transferred to somebody and when it was transferred, Margarita died, and there was no explanation. Right, yeah, because they had this, they had the thing, right, that seemingly later when we see uh, Luz is having the vision, right, they do eventually cut to inside the taxi after she gets choked and they crash. Um, and it seems like that's something that the girl did, not the demon, right? And once she has the accident, maybe she died in the accident, that's when the demon is able to come forth again. I had this weird thought that maybe that's the only way the demon can get into the world, right? Is through some kind of, there's a newly dead vessel. I had this weird notion. What if that girl was pregnant, the baby died, and that's what let the demon in? Oh, that's good. Right? That's fucked up. That's fucked up. (laughs) I like it. And I don't know what would cause that, but I was like, maybe that's it. And then maybe that's why Nora ends it. Right. She can feel something evil inside of her, whatever. It also kind of plays thematically. It's like a double layering of that, you know, fear of what this pregnancy will be. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. But, yeah, it felt it felt like she wouldn't she didn't just kill herself. Right. That something else led to that or else the demon would have just said she killed herself. But he says that's what the nuns yeah. told everyone. But clearly not. This is kind of one of the questions the movie leaves that I, I was really a little baffled by, which is. The demon's interlude with Luz is hard to follow in a way, right? The, I, I have the narrative pieces of what happens, right? Schoolmate gets back from the airport, sees Luz. They start talking about old shit. Tempers flare. The, you know, the engine's revved. There's a choking, a car accident, right? She dies. The demon comes back. All right, I got, like, the basics of how this is happening. And at one point, she jumps out of the fucking car, right? Luz jumps out of the fucking yeah. car. <laughs> I mean, there's a demon in the car. True. I mean, yeah, you're like, oh, I'm pretty sure this is the same demon that followed me from Chile. This is not ideal. This job is not worth it. Yeah, I I understand her logic. The demon's logic, though, is really fascinating to me. And it's not until the end of the movie that you really get the sense that this demon isn't just haunting Luz, but seemingly is in love with her. Mm -hmm. Right. That there is something so much more than just a you called me for it. So now I'm going to punish you for it. I don't think that was it at all. And it started to give me this vibe of, because there's that scene when the doctor, like his madcap antics throughout the the conference room are amazing, right? Just the 
the getting butt naked, the putting the dress on, you know, puncturing his nose so that he'll look like, uh, what was her name? Nora. The, the girl? Nora, right? Uh, and then running past her into the light, stripping down so he can get in the salt circle. I just love the community theater aspect and how committed he It's like a, a local Klaus Klinsky, right? <laughs> like I really, I really so dug that, that part of the movie. But, um, you get this theatricality in this moment too because the demon's already there why what is the demon trying to accomplish with lose is what was distracting me the entire first time i watched it i was what is the fucking point of what this demon's doing especially if as we're talking about we kind of seem to have decided that it can only inhabit something dead what what is the point of this i don't what were you thinking about that at all as the movie occurred so this is probably my favorite thematic thread in this film is what is it about loose? And right. I I love this. So we've seen the demon mm-hmm. do a seduction in the bar. Right. Right. So the demon has those powers and it can take over weak willed people. I think the thing with loose is that the demon met her in Catholic school. She summoned it forth with this sacrilegious version of the Lord's prayer. She doesn't Mm. wear her skirt in a modest way, the way the nuns prescribe. She, um, she's the, the knowing friend who is going to help the pregnant girl She's the one who is willing to do these demon summoning rituals. <laughs> Luce is an independent thinker. She's she she's kind of like a Lilith character almost. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't play by the rules. Mm-hmm. And I think the demon is drawn to that. She's different than the others. There's something about Luce that draws the demon. It's drawn to her. It wants to feed or exist in her. Someone who's very open to um, going it alone, breaking the rules. Right. Isn't chained up with the morality of the church or society (laughs) I think the demon loose in a way seduced the demon. Right. And that's what it feels like because what I was struck by is in this moment, right? Loose loose's curse or prayer, whatever way you would choose to word that, uh, is written by an angry young person who's lost faith in God, right? This is written by a, you are fucking us, right? Like we're good little Catholic school girls. We're here. We're doing the work, and why do – it's the classic, why do these bad things have to happen? If there's a God, why is this happening, right? In the moment she summons the demon, all of her skepticism has to disappear. She now knows that there is a demon, and if there's a demon, there must be some form of God, right? Whether we have the right one or not in, you know, different religions, like, there's a demon here that you summoned into this fucking girl that's no longer your friend. Uh, you know, so if there's a demon, there must be a God. And so the fact that when Luce gets incontrovertible evidence that 
God is real, she still hates him. Yeah. I think that might be the bond is, you know, I think it's easier to lose faith, right? And just be like, the whole thing's a crock of shit. I think it's actually harder and scarier for a lot of religious people, right? To know that everything they believe is actually fucking true. And still have to ask, why are there starving children? You know, why do these bad things have to happen in this world? And loose seeing that and still being defiant and angry because this is what seals this for me right this is the part that i found fascinating at the end we're doing a lot of montaging right but we see a scene where the demon first inhabits margarita and it says i can help you give me a kiss and she won't right later she says that again give me a kiss to loose and loose kind of begrudgingly comes to her and at the end, I was saying, I was like, oh, fuck. She's not under the demon's trance anymore, right? The demon does that stay there. And she goes, stay where? Stay where? And the gunshots happen. Mm-hmm. You know, all this action's happening. She's no longer under the spell. She willingly goes to the demon, right? They do this thing with the song. And um, she just goes, I want to be somewhere else, I think, is the line that Luce uses, right? I want to be somewhere else. And Luce comes to the demon, Right. And this is the weird thing at the end is that Luce finally seems to acquiesce. Maybe she's sitting here confronting like, oh, there's dead bodies in this room. Like someone's going to have to answer for this. I might need some demon superpowers. I don't know. But the moment that struck me is when they kiss, it feels like the demon has her head first. Right. And Luce's body's kind of convulsing halfway through the doctor goes limp and Luce holds on to him. And when we cut back now, knowing that she has the light in her, right, this demon demon light she looks fucking forlorn she looks miserable that now by having to have possessed loose she has lost loose Ooh, yeah you know like there's that yeah. long fucking shot where it's not like when she takes over the doctor she's just like hmm and fills the heartbeat right she's yeah. like this is so matter of fact i just need it's like getting in an uber like i just need to get where yeah. i'm going this one the demon looks miserable looks so depressed and this is where this cat and mouse almost romance between these two yeah was such a a weird a weird way to take that story and i appreciate that a lot yeah i think it's the demon wanted to possess her and not in the sense of like possession like just inhabit her body it wanted to possess loose her he she wanted the demon Who wanted loose to be across from her at the bar like the doctor was yes right that's what it felt like to me yeah. too and that's because you got into this weird sense of at first the first viewing i thought perhaps they were just telling us right that now she sees the doctor as margarita that her and margarita had a thing maybe some man violated that and that's why loose was so mad but i actually think yeah i think thematically it's even more than that, like you said, that there's just this girl who's just spitting in the eye of the Almighty, right? Yeah. <laughs> to a demon, what could be more appealing? <laughs> oh, I mean, they're like BFFs. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I don't, I found it so fat. Like, the staging of it alone is just, because I was telling you, it's like indie art house filmmaker porn, yeah. right? Where you're just like, everyone dreams like, oh, how can you do this movie, but with no locations? No, nothing, right? Just like mm-hmm. a couple of actors who are willing to go there with you. 
And it all of that is brilliant, right? Once the fog fills the room and she wakes up from the road and now all of a sudden she's in a fog-filled, you know, conference room. It's just really wild and brilliant imagery. But the way they convey all that information. And for just people in a conference room, right, pretending to be driving a car, you know, the actor's double acting, right, because she's doing both parts. Mm-hmm. It's so cinematic when essentially nothing is happening, right? Like, other than the doctor going full street performer, <laughs> almost nothing is happening. But it's yeah. so, so engrossing. Yeah, it really, it sucks you in. Yeah. And you're like, okay, what next? Yeah, right. What's That's kind of the whole next? movie. <laughs> And then it, I love the ending shot, too, where it's just when the sound guy's just like, don't let it out. Shoot it. Shoot it. And you just see Luce walk out. Yeah, and that's that's all. That, and this that's the part of the movie. I, when the first time I watched, it, I was like, that's the ending. <laughs> like That's it. I was like, come on, sound guy. Get out and have a hero's <laughs> moment. Right. In a way, I wanted to see Luce stopped or see some kind of like the omen moment where you're like, oh. Loose demon loose is set free upon the earth. You just get the point that the demon's like, nah, I'll just I'll be in this body for a while and I'm just gonna go back to hell. Yeah. Like just it's a bummer. Do do. Yeah, the demon's just bummed out at this point. That's <laughs> like it's it feels anticlimactic the first time I saw it. And the second time I saw it, I was like, I think that's really important, right? Because a lot of what the movie seems to be doing is it's it's kind of like loose, right? It's taking the piss out of this theory of the almighty right like if we knew there was a god and we still disobeyed him that's insanely punk rock right you you would be a fucking fool you know but it just that's who loses she's so true to herself and she doesn't agree with what's happening it's i don't know i think that's what i was struck by is the movie never once even on a second viewing the never the movie never went the way i assumed it would go And I'm at the point in my life, I do this a lot. You know, a lot of my job is screenwriting notes and stuff like that. Like, I do that a lot, right? And uh, something you come to realize at a certain point is, right, almost every movie, 90% of the time, you know, like, if you're pressed, you kind of know what's coming next. You know the steps. You know where we're going. You know how it has to end. This is one of those rare movies that comes along, and I just – I completely feel as if I'm lifted off my feet and just being, you know, washed around the tide. And any time a movie does that to me, I'm 100% thankful I get to watch that movie. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's, yeah, it's not a lot happens. And, I mean, there's tons of possession stories. Yeah. But they managed to, I don't know, they managed to tell tell this story in a way that you're not quite sure yeah how it's gonna end but just imagine someone saying hey here's an exorcism movie and you won't get the scene where they hire a gymnast extra to like contort the body and crawl down the stairs or you know scream like in the legion voice right (laughs) whatever and it's just kind of this really personal tale about a girl who something bad happened to her friend and she lost her friend and it's haunted her forever there's a way to even look at this movie without the demon, right? Yeah. And you can still kind of get the same journey. And I think that's what separates it is that there is so much powerful visual storytelling. 
Then again, if you told anyone, like, hey, I want to make an exorcism movie, right? Or a possession movie. There's five scenes. They're like, well, we need this. We need this. We need this. And there's no, none of that's in here. None of that's in here. But you will get the exact same feeling as those other movies, right? And that's what makes exorcism and possession movies my favorite is to me they're the scariest, right? Everyone's like, Freddy mm-hmm. Krueger's the scariest bad guy. He gets you when you sleep. Everyone sleeps. You're like, all right, well, my parents didn't murder him, right? And I'm not a teenager, so it's not scary to me. But the thought of there actually being a war between angels and demons and there's a god and it's all predetermined, so I don't have any free will. And something can just invade the inside of your body, which is another reason I think the janitor might be a suspect, right? Because it, it double layers that theme of invasion of body. Yeah. That's fucking terrifying. It's fucking terrifying to just think that at some point your friends, loved ones, whoever are going to look you in the face and know you're not there anymore, but still see you moving around. That's what it always boils down to me. That's always going to be a terrifying thought to me. And it's universal throughout the human species. It would scare any single person. It's why I think Alzheimer's is the scariest disease, right? It's the loss of self. Mm -hmm. In this movie, again, without kind of the big hallmark, shocking, scary moments, becomes truly terrifying because of how measured the story is told and how creatively they solve the problems of just probably not having the budget to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, I think the thing too about demon possession in films is that it's not, and it's not even just that the demon will inhabit you Mm. um, or take your soul, but that it, it does it for no reason other than it can. Right. Right, yeah, because you're like, no demon takes your body over and it's like, well, now I'm going to go work at State Farm and have a no. wife and kids. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're just, like, they're just defiling God's favorites, right? That's the it. whole theory. And not only that, there's, there's this extra scary part I think we all don't think about, which is the reason we all have a need for a God, right? We all see ourselves as our own God. It's this kind of untalked about thing in religions if you study some of this which is we all see god through our own selves right sure we are we are godly ourselves we're the gods of our own story and narrative and the thought of a demon coming in and defiling us in that way right we think oh it's defiling the lord no it's defiling the god that you think you are too this whole image you put out to the world right next thing you know you're at a dinner party and you're wetting yourself and throwing up on the table and (laughs) you know telling grandma to suck it right like that's scary. That's all bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> it's yeah, all it's scary with demons. And that's what I think this movie just captures. It's it's ominous. That's the word I would use for this movie. It is the the movie sits upon you like a blanket. There is just dread filling that screen. And I don't know. I think the ending of just the evil just walks out. To have another day and there will be another yeah. uh, Luce and Margarita and, you know, Nora. That's fucking even scarier, maybe. Right? We don't need to see a giant dragon and Hellfire pop out of Luce's body. Just know that it's just always out there. Every cab you get in, there could be hell. Right? It could be Luce. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's walking among you in the yeah, most man. mundane, going through the motions kind of way. 
It's okay. walking among you and within you. And You'll within never you. escape. I don't know. I I fucking love this movie. And I love movies like this. I it's it's what we've been talking a lot ever since the Scorsese thing came out. Like, what is cinema? Mm. And Greta Gerwin said it, right? She's like, I don't I don't know how to answer that. I just know it when I see it. And that's what this movie is to me. Loose is just creativity and passion and this odd mixture of weird elements that make a completely captivating experience. And it adds up to so much more than the sum of its parts. And I mean, for a first feature film directing credit, I'm fucking stunned Yeah, at the work that is put on the screen, man. So that is on shutter right now. You guys can go watch loose with your shutter subscription. If you don't have shutter, I don't know what you're doing. It's cheap. It has so much great content. It's the best value of any streaming app that exists. So I would urge you to do that and go watch Loose, man, and watch it with your friends and tell them about it. Man, this movie needs more buzz. It's, it's really an impressive piece to me. Uh, so that's Loose, guys. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Hopefully, we helped talk you through some of the madness. This was very enlightening <laughs> for me too. I love getting new perspective on weird stuff like this. Uh, so we'll be back momentarily with Bliss. Bliss, um, is the exact inverse of Loose, right? If Loose is subtlety and mist, uh, intrigue. Bliss is in your face, punk rock yes, glory. It is. Uh, it is great for its own amazing reasons. So we'll be back momentarily with Bliss, also on Shudder. Uh, thank you, Carmelita, for joining me no, today. Thank you. See you soon. Uh, stay away from old men's crotches. 